And now, your feature presentation. Hello, hello. Welcome back, everybody, to the Cult Classic Podcast and the end of our holiday season here. Aww. Cameron Jones here, as always, with Mark Nussel, Jordan Jones. How are we ending the holiday season? What are we finishing up with, boys? We're doing the 1946 holiday classic, It's a Wonderful Life. From the people that bought you, Mr. Smith goes to Washington, and you can't take it with you. Frank Copper direct, Jimmy Stewart starring. That's right. That's That's right. right. Donna Reed, she plays Mary. Buffalo girls, won't Won't you come come out tonight? tonight? Won't you come out tonight? Won't you come Come out tonight? tonight? You want the moon? I'll throw a lasso around it and I'll, and I'll pull it in for you. Well, George, I'm going to throw a lasso around you or a noose, whichever way you want to look at it. <laughs> I'm never going to let you go. Because you'll float down here, George. Everyone <laughs> floats. A man is stuck in his hometown when all he wants to do is get away because his stupid fucking uncle keeps shackling to his father's business. Uh, Thomas Mitchell plays Uncle Billy. Can't think anymore. It hurts. <laughs> Listen up, you old son of a bitch. We're talking bank fraud and jail time, and I ain't going down for it. Is George the best person in the world? Yes. Mm, no. Mean, kind he, of a dick at he, points. He's, he's kind of a pretty big dick in sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Mm, I'm, uh, I'm turning a blind eye to that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear any of that. Todd Corns, excuse me, plays Harry. A toast to my big brother, the richest man in town. This is a simple movie where you can be a second-team All-American football player, win the National Medal of Honor, and because of your family dynamics, you got to, like, tiptoe around your failure brother. <laughs> Lionel Barrymore plays Mr. Potter. Henry Travers as Clarence. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. What a boy, Clarence. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life is a Christmas movie with only two Christmas scenes in it, the beginning and the very end. Merry Christmas, everybody! Merry Christmas, you old building and loan! Merry Christmas, Potter! I'm going to jail! <laughs> Merry Christmas, Emporium! <laughs> Frank Capra, Jimmy Stewart, it's a wonderful life. Is this a cult classic? Well, is this a Christmas movie? Is this a Christmas movie? I would say it started as a cult classic, but has since become just a classic movie. I'm going to say yes to both. I agree with Cameron. Christmas classic, check. Cult classic, check. And just all around classic Is it a Hollywood cult classic, film? though? Because it is beloved, like, just Chris, Christmas It's not staple. anymore, but it's got the complete staples of what a cult classic is. It financially did bad. It didn't make money, and it got panned by critics. Then, Check. because of TV and the royalty to the rights to the movie, yep. they've become, like, public domain, and it just showed on TV every year around Christmas. Just because it was free, everyone, anyone had the rights to it. Well, yeah, so, I, so I almost t- just read that. What is that about? They, they, they lost a, the copyright, like... Or they had a bad licensing deal or something for it, so that it was just public domain and free. After like after a couple of years, it just after like this. I can't even remember. It was like after after shortly after the release, it became public domain. I think the studio though just let it fall out. They're like, well, nobody gives a shit who owns this wonderful life because they didn't think it was just gonna. Yeah, they thought it was a flop. Um, it, just because it didn't make a money and like nobody cared about it, but then it showed up on TV like every year on Thanksgiving and Christmas. I think right. NBC might have played it a long time, and then it became a cult classic. And because it's got, <laughs> so is this a Christmas movie? Is we, like, is this a Christmas movie? It definitely did yeah. not start yeah. as a Christmas movie, but now it is. It, it became one. It, it was originally created and promoted as just a straight romantic comedy, and the reason it did become a Christmas movie is simply because the licensing deal and the, the public TV domain. The TV syndication of it. The, it just became a free movie that p- anyone could play over Christmas. So, like, 
I forget what, but there's a, there was a certain like uh, the boys club of something every year like would just be like presents like it's a wonderful life. So it would just be on TV. So because of syndication around the holidays and the two Christmas scenes, the beginning and the end, it became a Christmas. Very interesting. I think it helps to make it a Christmas movie that it's starting. It's sandwiched between heavy Christmas snow scenes at the very opener and the very end are just heavy Christmas. So that's kind of what you start and what you end with. It's, well, what, you, it's what you're left with. I agree. They do the starts with the ends. Starts The beginning starts with the end type thing mm-hmm. and it's on Christmas Eve. So that ends up to it. If you took out, we can get, I mean, I'm just going to say it now. If you take out um, George Bailey having redeemed himself and wanting to live and choosing life and running through Bedford Falls, take that scene out. I don't know what the fuck this movie is. Just dark. <laughs> just a deep, dark movie. Jeez. Ugh. Lawrence was wrong. He drowned. Yeah, but this is a Christmas movie just because it is, all right? Whether it was public domain or the, the message of the movie, it, it just is. A lot has to do with the snowfall and the look of it. And for those reasons, now. it is. It just is. It's one of the great Christmas movies of all times. Let's move on to cast and crew. So Frank Capra is one of the premier directors of the classic Hollywood cinema era from like Right after movies started with sound to about 1946 around here. I'll be uh, honest. I, I looked up um, his stuff, and this is the only one I've seen of his. I don't know. Frank you, Capra, the director himself. We were talking like Mr. about Deeds or something. What, what is that? Um, I'll go through a list of like his go notable works. But he has three movies as a director on the top 100 AFI movies oh, of all time. Audio Freak Institute. <laughs> what is that? AFI. <laughs> American Film Institute. Oh, sorry. Yeah, right, right, Where right. am I going to start? Okay. Um, I'm just going to go in chronological order, but I'll go close. Mr. Deed Goes to Town. You Can't Take It With You. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Both of those movies starred James Stewart or Jimmy Stewart. Why is it like Mr. Beans does this? I don't know. Uh, Meet John Doe. Why We Fight documentary series. So during like World War II, a bunch of like really good filmmakers made docu- like propaganda films like Why We Fight to Get People to Serve. They're supposed to be really good. So we had like a 10-part series in that. Interesting. And then It's a Wonderful Life. Um, so like those are his notable notable movies. So I just looked up a little bit about Frank Capra. He had an Oscar nom for this movie for Best Director. Didn't win. He won Best Director for It Happened One Night. That was the first Oscars that swept all categories. Best Picture, um, Best Screenplay, Best Director, Best Actor, and Best Actress. Nice. It Happened One Night. Mr. Deed Goes to Town. And... Oh, you can't take it with you. And Mr. Smith goes to Washington. He all mm-hmm. won best director for those. Nice. The three movies made with Jimmy Stewart or Mr. Smith goes to Washington. I check those out. Oh yeah. If, if you them. like this, they're all great. Uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington is great. You can't take it with you stars um, Jimmy Stewart. But uh, the guy that plays Mr. Potter in this movie, Lionel Barrymore plays like the warmest character, like in a movie you'll ever see. He's like empathetic. And his whole message is like, you can't take money to your grave, so you should just like be with the ones you loved. So he has like two where did, ends of where the did it come out in uh, conjunction with this one? Um, so that was the first one. Then it was Mr. Smith goes Washington. Then it was this. Okay, so over like okay. a seven year span. I would see that maybe move coming after this. He was like, I really need to turn my image around. People hate me. I guess people didn't see the movie though. So they called his style of movie Capricorn. It's kind of like a big influencer on like Steven Spielberg and classic american filmmakers like that where everything ends up kind of happy and Spielberg it's decided to say that this is one of his like favorite movies he's my favorite director i think of classic Spielberg. hollywood cinema Spielberg. no oh, capra. no capra i love it if you watch this movie um capra is one of those directors like many directors now 
he has this cast of characters that are like, you know, secondary actors or role players. And they show up in like all of his films. Yeah. Like I, I oh, so many I people. I was looking through movie. them and I, like, yeah, they show up in. Yeah. Like everybody. All of those movies. Uh, writer Francis Goodrich and Albert Hackett. They, you'll like this. They did also wrote um, the screenplay for Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Oh, that's <laughs> an odd family. I don't want to say favorite, but like I don't know. <laughs> it's a it's a classic musical. Yeah, it is. We've seen it. I just thought that's that was. I, I, I just like clicked on him. I'm like, who who wrote this? Uh, if you're unfamiliar with that, it's a uh, it's a musical about seven woodsmen that steal some ladies, and they have a song about fucking sheep or trying not to. Can't get no sleep when you're fucking cheap. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> Just forever in the engine. <laughs> um, let's start at the top of the cast. The top of the bill. Oh, we have James Stewart, Jimmy Stewart as George Bailey. Jordan, take it away. Jimmy Stewart's in the top ten AFI top 100 stars of all time he's one of the most notable every man's ever idealistic type roles in his early career let's just go through his movies i'm just gonna buzz through him buzz you can't take it with you mr smith goes to washington destry rides again go the philadelphia story it's a wonderful life rope winchester 73 broken arrow harvey Bend of the River, Naked Spur, The Man Who Knew Too Much, Rear Window, Go, Vertigo, Keep going. Anatomy of a Murder, The Man Who Shot Liberty, Valance, Shenandoah, and The Shootist. Holy shit. And every one of those is like no less than 95 on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, they're all so good. Well, like, and, my goodness gracious. I mean, if you don't know who Jimmy Stewart is, do the time, watch his movies. But he has five movies on the AFI Top 100. I will list them. <laughs> Arrogant. Fine imbeciles? Is that the what, <laughs> AFI? Oh yeah, yeah, AFI. It's anal fist inserters. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the AFI is not the all and be all list. Is he still going off about Jimmy Stewart? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Um it's Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. It's a wonderful life. Um Vertigo, Rear Window, and then one more I can't think. He has five movies on the top one hundred AFI movies of all time. Man. It's crazy. There's three periods of his career. There's like early pre-World War II Jimmy Stewart. And then there's this movie, which is the first movie. This is the first movie he came back from after World War II. This is like a bridge film. Everything prior to this, it was like young, aw shucks, monologue Jimmy Stewart. And this was a bridge where he's kind of still got a little bit of that, but he's kind of becoming like older because age-wise he is and a little more grizzled. Then he has like his Hitchcock years slash like um what do they call this type film noir type movies mm-hmm. and then he as he gets older is he in a western somewhere in there too yeah as he gets older he just made a shit ton of westerns that's what i thought and some people really like him it's not really it's he's just more gruff mm-hmm. so he goes from like optimist to realist to like pessimist <laughs> kind do, of like do you not career. like westerns they're not my favorite especially I not cl- I, I just haven't seen that many honestly but for some reason i have an I inclination kinda, that i just don't classic like hollywood like westerns are like too long for me. I, I base it too, mostly too, off, too slow. I base it mostly off the fact that I really don't like Back to the Future Three as far as the trilogy right. goes. That's sure. really not how you should base. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I know. yeah, I know. That's that's not. I do like some westerns, but it's I'm not always prone to like. I got to be in the right mindset to watch them, you know. Sure. But I really like western comedies. Yeah, Blazing Saddles, City Slickers, that one with Seth MacFarlane, Million Ways to Die in the West. There it is. I just <laughs> like them. I don't know why. The landscape is good. Shanghai. Yeah, Shanghai. Do you have any more on uh, the Jimmy? Jimmy Jims? Um, I don't know if I got it all. I could talk about this forever. but Okay. Well, if you do, we'll come back to it. 
Yeah, let's see what you have about Donna Reed. Uh, Donna Reed, she plays Mary. She's most known for the Donna Reed show. She did a lot of TV work, but here's what we'll all like her for. Born and raised in Denison, Iowa. In Iowa. She's an Iowa girl. Yeah. I stumbled across that earlier. I, she's uh, an Iowa girl? This was her first movie. Oh, my Yeah, well, this was her first feature role. Um, so I looked up hers because there's a lot of people that are born in Iowa but weren't really raised there. Mm-hmm. She was. Yeah. She was like the valedictorian. What do you mean? Ver- no, one, like, no one claims it when they're not. Herbert Hoover was born there, but he's like raised in Oregon. John Wayne was oh, born there, but like raised in Nebraska. You know, what I mean? Elijah Wood was there for a bit, but then he was a child well, actor and moved to L.A. But like some people claim they're like from Chicago. Like when yeah, they're yeah. Born, so no one's claiming they're from Iowa. I'm saying we claim them, but they're really they're just like, well, I mostly remember Oregon, but they're, they're cool. just they're just born there. But I'm like, they weren't raised there. She was actually we, raised. We dig there. our claws into some people that don't want to, you know, I mean, nobody fights it, but it's like John Wayne was born there. But I think uh, Tom Arnold there. embraces it. Tom Arnold embraces him. We'll take you, Tommy. A proud, a proud supporter. With open arms. With open arms, you know. Um, no, she was born there, and then she wanted to go to some college, and she didn't get in. And then her aunt's like, "Just go to go to Hollywood. You like to act." And she did, and she became like a, a star, or at least a working actress. Hmm. Is she in any of Capra's movies, or just this one? Um, this is the only one she's in of Capra's. Jimmy Stewart worked with an actress <laughs> named Jean Arthur, and you can't take it with you. It happened one night. And Mr. Deeds, the three of them, Capra, Gene Arthur, and um, Jimmy Stewart, work together in a lot of these movies. And Is he have, in the lead, all of those? He's in the lead of all of those, yeah. Um, and they, they have, like, a really good on-stream chemistry. And it, I think I read that they offered the role to Gene Arthur first, who's in those two movies I said. But she turned it down. She's like, I think I'm, for whatever reason, not right for this role or a little too old or something. Or she didn't want to do it for whatever reason. But they offered it to her first. Huh. And Donna Reed got it through the grapevine. Donna Reed's 17 years younger than Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, it's. Oh, wow. S- s- seems like there's some sort of age difference for sure. Anyway. Uh, who else we got in the cast? Lionel Barrymore plays Mr. Potter. Uh, that Cameron. is related to Drew Take Barrymore. Is it her grandfather or great grandfather? He's her great uncle. Great uncle? I thought it was a grandfather. Once removed. <laughs> it's I- definitely the same name, so some way related. I mean. Unless she took that as a stage name. Just the, the, from the late Barry Moss. Henry Travers as Clarence. He's in a bunch of stuff, but I didn't look it up. The Invisible <laughs> Man. Mrs. Maniver. Shadow of a Doubt. Ring Any Bell. Those ones don't. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Thomas Mitchell plays Uncle Billy. Uncle Billy's a character actor in some of the greatest movies of all time. Really? He's in this. He's in Stagecoach. He's in Gone with the Wind. He He's in... Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Yeah. He Turns kinda, out we just needed to like pick a movie that's before 1950, and jo- Jordan's just gonna go off. Oh yeah, on, on the facts and America. <laughs> oh my god, Crazy. this isn't just a, this, this, is this isn't like this is amazing. This isn't the Burbs, all right? This is fucking Jimmy Stewart and Frank Capra. This isn't Jiggle all the way, man. I mean, it's I about to say G- like Geely for some reason. It's, it's not just say Geely. Um, but he the he kind of played like your stereotypically bumbling drunk. In Wait, all these movies, the guy that played uh, oh, Uncle yeah, Billy, yeah. he kind of played like a. Uh, on this one, is pretty hateable. Is he likable? As uh, more likable in the other ones, way no more likable in almost every other movie. That makes sense. Like most of the time, he's good natured, but just flawed because he's a, a drunk. drunk. Yeah, um, yeah, but way more likable. I mean, the only reason he's not likable in this one is not because of his personality. It's just the choices and stress that he drives somebody <laughs> to suicide. <laughs> it's, it's really the consequence. It's not because that character's not likable. And actually, Lionel Barrymore in like everything else is like 
crazy likable. Hmm. It's just funny that this is what most people would know, know him for. from. Yeah. But if you've seen it, I mean, if you watch, um, you can't take it with you. He's like the epitome of like the grandpa you want. Huh. And he might be Drew Barrymore's distant. <laughs> I mean, he definitely is. I just, I don't care. All right. Next we have um, Todd Corns, excuse me, plays Harry. Harry the surprised brother. me. I thought he would be the brother. He, I re- I looked at his filmography. I don't know him notably from anything. I mean, he acted in a bunch of stuff at the time, but nothing notable. Frank Phelan is Ernie, the c- cab driver, right? Yeah, he's a character actor. I'm sure he shows up in a lot, but I don't know his notable work. Ward Bond is Bert, the cop. This is, I mean, this is more just unverified, and I've always come to be like, this is how they had to name Bert and Ernie. <laughs> There's no been. way, no, like... They're, uh, they're, is there facts? Cause well, there is unverified about it. I'm pretty good. sure. Like, I assume kinda... there's got to be. I've never looked it up, but I just assume this is where they got the money from. Uh, Glory Graham is Violet. Uh, next, we have H.B. Warner as Old Man Gower. I only know him from this. Who's Old Man Gower? Give me a... He's the, oh, yeah, okay. the, the, the druggist. Yeah, I assume right. that he plays something in Westerns where he goes like, Hey, the golden nose hills. <laughs> Same guy, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I assume he's Mr. a like a drunk yeah. prospector. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Frank Albertson plays Sam. Hee-haw. Hee-haw. Uh, and then Samuel S. Hines, I feel like, is the last one. He plays uh, Mr. Bailey, the old Mr. Bailey. Pa Bailey. Ah, uh, Peter Bailey. Peter Bailey. We'll get to him. We'll get to him? Yeah, I got stuff to say. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying just like... That's it for the cast. Peter Bailey, um, the guy that's sitting on the porch... Where he's like, why don't you just kiss her to death? Lionel Barrymore, they all show up in Frank Capra's works. Like, okay, nice. Even the bank teller, all, all kinds of people. Um, The bird. Oh, yeah. What? Oh, wait, well, let's uh, let's move on to Unverified real quick. That's, uh, do we have anything else to say about like the cast crew or the production company? I have something to say about the production company. Yeah, sure. So at the beginning, you see the bell ring in the mm-hmm. opening credits. That's for Liberty Films. Um, this is the only movie made under Liberty Films that Frank Capra made a couple independent movies, but he partnered up with two directors, kind of like a DreamWorks type situation where they wanted to make mm-hmm. their own thing. But because of the fi- Disney company that failed that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Liberty Films was Frank Capra, William Wyler and George Stevens. William Wyler directed Ben Hur, The Best Years of Our Lives. George Stevens made A Place in the Sun, Shane, and The Giant. These mm-hmm. are all really good classic films. Anyway, they partnered up. Um, this was the first release. They were going to release like 10 pictures mm-hmm. under Liberty Films, but it, they didn't make their money back. And rather than going into full cl- foreclosure, they all sold it to Paramount. So they only made one movie under Liberty Films. Oh, weird. They and all, they all made, became Paramount. They all got like $2 million in equity into Paramount for it, though. So oh, I'm not going to say it didn't work out. Maybe not $2 million, but... I mean, and at the time, no matter what it is, that's going to be... Uh, Pretty huge. The inflation. Raven. Yeah. Do you want to get into the Raven? Yeah, I'd like to hear about yeah. that. Jimmy the Raven, um, often credited as Jimmy the Crow, was a Raven who appeared in more than a thousand feature films from the 30s to the 50s. Um, basically, since 38, Capra had it in all of his films. He's, I don't know. If, I definitely can remember. Yeah, it's this one's just really odd, right? Because the, the crow weird. is just it like, seem as weird in the other ones. Sitting in the yeah. bank. What? It's uh. just normally somebody has a raven with them. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I can remember huh. and it happened, or you can't take it with you. Like, you. You didn't even know about it. Like, just trying like, to make no, it a thing. Just a raven. No, like, yeah, they don't explain it. Just some guy, character has a raven. Normally that weird one who would have a raven. That's can't be the same bird though. That's Are they saying a great trademark? Is it the I same bird? That's... I think do they they live a while, don't they? I think they kind of live a long time. Also, that's a. Uh, I don't know if at all. How many that's... how many films did you say? 
Uh, it says more than a thousand. That's testament to um, the Hollywood yeah. production era. So not only Frank Capra just, just popping out movies and yeah. putting in Ravens. Yeah. Uh, with that fact, let's uh, let's settle in into uh, Unverified. All right, unverified. I have got a good one to kick it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the scene that required Mary to throw a rock at the window, mm-hmm. Capper hired a marksman to like shoot the window like as she was throwing the rock, so it looked like she... Special tur- effects. Turns out she just nailed the window and broke it because... Uh, I believe did she, she, played, play- she played softball, I believe. Or she played softball. She played baseball in high school. Do you know why she Crazy. nailed it? Because she's raising Dennis in she's Iowa. She's from Iowa. Right in that I could fucking beef. hit that window. Get off my ass, Hollywood. Uh, this I is, love that on Verified. This is a fun one and just like a real reaction. When Uncle Billy's drunkenly leaving the party after Harry comes home with his wife, uh, you hear what sounds like a bunch of like cans or something or like a light breaking in the background. Uh, what it was, it was... Um, it was <laughs> Which like, way? Which way? <laughs> it was like a prop guy going by with a bu- like a tray of a bunch of like just different things that fell over. But he improvised the I'm all right line, but that's like a genuine reaction from Jimmy Stewart. We just kind of laughed and like went inside. That's like Almost, my favorite. Did he like break a little bit? Just kind of... <laughs> yeah. You tell he like looked over kind of like, what the fuck is that? Then like laughed. That's when they came one out of the engagement party for hair, and he's like, which one's my hat? Pick the middle one. And then he like points yeah. in the direction. <laughs> so it's a happy accident that works. That's the one I always knew before like I did research, and it's just one of those fun, happy accidents. Uh, we we kind of talked earlier about this being the first movie that uh, Jimmy Stewart came back from World War II, uh, his first film back from the war. But uh, he was really nervous about the kiss scene. Uh, with Donna Reed. It's like during the phone scene when he like breaks down, he's like, I'm not going to leave this town kind of thing. You see, I'm stuck here. But uh, he was super nervous about it, so they uh, unrehearsed, just did it in one take. Uh, and it was there was one part where they the that kiss, was a one taker. Well, there was one part where they have to cut. They have to cut because there was a kiss that was too passionate for censors to get through. I guess because like he really started kind of breaking down and wow. he got like a little too emotional, so that got cut. James. And then also um, when they're filming the scene in the bar where he. Uh, breaks down and begins to sob. Um, the shot where they, the, where it's like kind of grainy and they zoom in on his face. They wanted to. Uh, that's the only shot that's like kind of shittier in the movie because that was a genuine reaction where he was kind of sobbing and they wanted to capture that take so they had to zoom in super close to get like what was a wider shot. But just a few just natural reactions from Jimmy Stewart back from the war tapping in. Um, so the, here's what I know about Jimmy Stewart's war efforts. He served for like four years. Not during the prime of his career, but kind of in the prime of his career. He was a pilot, and he flew, like, combat missions, like, on, like, big B-42s. And after he came back, he never wanted to fly again. That makes sense. Understandably like, so. Shit. And um, he had to be convinced. He had to be convinced by Frank Capra to make this movie. He's like, I don't even know if I want to make movies anymore, you know? Like, Frank Capra, like, convinced him. But the thing that made Jimmy Stewart want to do it was the dark tones dealing with suicide in this movie. And like a man that doesn't have it all together. So he's like, I want to bite my teeth into more roles like that. Instead of something just like fluffy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Prior to movies, his, his movies before World War II huh. were so much more idealistic, so much more fluffy. And like, oh, such a sweet slice of Capricorn and Americana. It was, it was the best. <laughs> I mean, that's what they call it. Man, I, I love those movies so much. They're so idealistic. And then after the war, he started making darker type movies. Worked with Hitchcock a lot more and then made a shit ton of Westerns. Uh, good news for everybody. The pool that opens the gym floor, that's a real high school. It is in Beverly Hills, California, and it is still in use. 
Doesn't, great. That's awesome. Doesn't I love it that. seem like it would like Beverly Hills would have that pool in 1946? <laughs> like what the fuck? Still in use still. They didn't update it. Maybe they did. I don't know. There's no way that that pool doesn't have stories like you know. There's a kid that was I totally forgot about that scene. Like before I watched it today. I know this. I could did not remember that. This uh, is super unverified. It has to be Jordan. You may be able to veto this, but uh, Frank Capra said it was his favorite movie of all time. Yeah, he did say that. Hmm. Even though it was a flop. Or of all of his films. Sorry, not of all time. I assume of, yeah, his, of films. his films. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of interesting. Maybe also why it wasn't necessarily seen as a Christmas movie. Although I think they do a good job of masking it. This was not shot during Christmas. It was shot also in Hollywood and like back lots and stuff. But it was shot during a heat wave. Like uh, there was even like the scene where George, where uh, George Bailey's running down like Bedford Falls. They had to like stop production Merry because Christmas. he was like overheating kind of stuff. Like it was very hot during that day. But they innovated like the way they shot fake snow in movies. It used oh, to be. Oh wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do we want to go into this? Yeah, I think so. I'm very. We can bring it up later. But well, well, what are you about to... it's kind of a big thing. The snow. The snow. Uh... With the the whole new chemical thing. Yeah. yeah. yeah if you got it in front of me, because I don't. Well, his his name is um, Russell Sherman, and he was this special effects guy who came up with a new way to uh, make snow for movies. Because it used to be uh, painted cornflakes or something. Ble- we didn't say uh, bleached cornflakes, which doesn't seem like that'd be too. They would fall too fast and be too heavy. Uh, the the worst problem was the sound. They couldn't use any of the actual audio. They had to overdub everything. They had to overdub everything because the crunching because from, the crunch of oh, the I'm cereal sure would be was just, too yeah. loud. Be so, like cornflakes. But he in- invented the new like bubble fake snow that you see today that that, that sticks to people in clumps a lot. Also. I think on set it was like they had like vermin problems, like deer and like rats would come and like eat the fucking cornflakes. So like this helped that and the sound problem. Doesn't this look so good in black and white though? Those fucking thick flakes. True. Yeah, you remember when this Global- movie only won one uh, Academy Award and it's for special effects. It's for him, R- Richard Sherman. Nice way to go, for Richard this, Sherman. Uh, snow. Not oh, to be the, confused with the number player. one I was thinking of. This is ranked as the number one most inspirational film of all time in the American Film Institute. This is um, AFI's top one hundred, top twenty movie of all time. There it is. I knew it was on just top twenty of uh, top one hundred. No season doesn't matter. Top movie of all Unseasoned. time. Number twenty, and this is in the most recent. So before Frank Capra and his production company had it. Um, a movie studio called RKO Pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, they had the rights to the script, and they originally I wanted. On, I believe on the credits, this is still RKO Radio presents. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's still R- like a radio like RKO made a lot of like classic yeah, Hollywood cinema at the time. They just distributed the film, right? They were distribution, mm-hmm. but they originally wanted Cary Grant to be the lead. That'd be good too. It wouldn't be as good. Cary Grant would be the perfect. Um, what's Iron Man's Tony Stark? perfect tony stark if they yeah. made this movie like in 1940 a, like he's like tony so stark. witty and funny but like suave as shit yeah, yeah, yeah uh this is kind of a fucked up one there are a few fucked up ones here but um uh, the okay so the scene where uh mr warner is like slapping young george bailey apparently for that scene to be authentic he really got drunk and he actually hit him the, the young boy actor hard enough in the ear that his ear started bleeding that is fake i'm pretty sure it's fake blood in like the movie but i think it's just I think the kid said, blood. like in a, a book, that like he did hit him to the point where his ear was bleeding. Yeah, Eesh. and then then after after the scene, Warner hugged him and tried to comfort him, I guess. But he hit him hard enough and just got drunk and smacked a boy for the film. Oh, oh damn! Do you guys want to hear another sad one? This is super unverified. No. 
But go. So I pre- this is super unverified, and I think it's Zuzu. It's one of the children for sure, but I think it was Zuzu and her petals. But her parents died when she was young, so she ended and up her pe- li- no. like growing up through an orphanage and then getting, I think, adopted later. Oh, yeah. But uh, because it didn't get popular in, t- in like syndication until like later, she didn't know. She, she didn't remember being doing the filming or being in the movie. So when she was an adult, she Could saw the movie on that? TV, and she's like, oh, I'm on TV. Why? Like, I don't remember filming this, and I had to look into it that to figure out wild. that she was in this. I've heard that before. She had a really... Rough, really. yeah. Do you guys ever heard of a band called Zuzu's Petals? Because that'd be a good name of a band. Uh, no, I haven't heard that. I don't Zuzu's think. Petals, or like a flower shop or something. Oh, that'd be a good name of a flower shop. Um, this isn't a later interview, but Jimmy Stewart said that Capper didn't like sell him on the picture right away. <clears throat> um, so it was like a slow go, like I said before. Jimmy Stewart um, replied, "Frank, if you want me to be in a picture about a guy that wants to kill himself." And an angel comes down named Clarence who can't swim, and I save him. When do we start? <laughs> so he's like, <laughs> so you know, he'd seen some things. That's so good. Uh, I love that. Uh, uh, this is like an inflation here, but it's only for 2015 because I didn't. I don't know where to go to. Here's what I got. I got the numbers if you want it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was essentially the twenty thousand year salaries. That's what I was looking for. Twenty thousand dollars from 1946 to 2019 would be the equivalent of two hundred seventy-six thousand dollars. Oh shit! Okay. And some change, and then the eight thousand dollars that they owed to the bank mm-hmm. would be about one hundred ten thousand dollars. Shit. What you about want, the What about the honeymoon money? Two thousand. Two thousand. I mean, you want to know the downside? It'll be. A, I'll look at it. You want like to know the downside? In the notes I have here, estimated in two thousand fifteen, it would have been three hundred thirty-seven thousand seven hundred thirty dollars. We were down. We we've gone down by like hundred thousand. I'm at a, like a three point six percent inflation rate i don't know if that's what you're at uh apart from donna reed uh both james stewart and donna reed grew up in small towns uh uh, james stewart grew up in uh indiana what what is it indiana in pennsylvania indiana pennsylvania yeah i think it's from indiana weird interesting that's hard that's confusing to read and uh donna reed we said came from denison iowa uh don't be confused jimmy stewart's not an ever man he went to princeton or yale or something and was like Mm -hmm. ivy league educated because of his talent i think fuck that guy i know but whatever uh here's a weird fact lionel barrymore challenged uh donna reed to milk a cow during set oh you know that's super iowa on the set that's so iowa Mm. I'd like and to she believe. did it, right? I think she, yeah, I think so. She, 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 she followed through. She, she's not just from Iowa. I'm pretty sure she grew up on a farm. So she's from She Iowa. knows what's up, yeah. She's more from Iowa with us. Um, the $2,000 would be All the equivalent. All I owe. <laughs> I owe Iowa. Um, it'd be the equivalent to about $27,000. So they were okay. about to have an amazing honeymoon. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, we'll get into 27, it. 27000 for a honeymoon? Jesus. Here's now, some metrics. Uh, Buffalo Gals has played seven times throughout the film. <laughs> forty-two rings are heard out throughout the film. So forty-two, so 42 angels. angels. Oh, um, nice. This might be interesting to you guys. Well, I didn't do the the film stuff at the movie theater, but mm-hmm. thirty-five thousand, thirty-five hundred thousand feet of film were used. This is um, this isn't unverified. This is more. I just don't want to forget to say this. So, if you love this movie and you're around the Chicago area. Or like in a couple hour drive and you want to visit Chicago, go to the Music Box Theater and try to catch this. You can do a double feature with this and White Christmas, but it's fucking awesome. The movie theater is like from like 1912. They still have a real organist. They show it on film and it's interactive. Cameron, I've taken to you. It's fucking yeah, it's really fun. It's magical. So I'll spoil it, Mark. You haven't seen this. But anytime Mr. Potter comes on screen, everybody in the crowd hisses. They go, 
Yes. <laughs> and anytime there's you guys did that last year, right? I, yeah. I think I'm meant to go, but I've done I it. I mean, not. I might be going tomorrow I think with I've Megan done it twice now. Yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. Um, uh, whenever James Stewart has like an inspiring speech, everyone cheers and just fucking, fucking screams the whole time. He's pretty just, much any time he talks when it's not depressing. Yeah, then everyone's all into it. You really can't hear the movie that well, but it's fun. And then people bring bells for any time like anybody says angel or any time a bell rings, they fucking ring bells. We've brought this up a couple times, uh, the music box. So yeah, yeah, yeah. listeners, yeah. check it out. Check I just out. this one's worth it if you if you the, like this movie. The Logan as much as Theater I has good midnight releases of a lot of these cult classics, and the Music Box has a lot of like interactive kind of cult classic experiences. And if, if anyone else in Chicago knows of any other like fun theaters that kind of do midnight showings of cult classics, or like any any other theaters doing fun experiences like that, hit us up at cultclassicspodcastgmail.com. Or honestly, just anywhere. Uh, yeah, we're very active on our Instagram, so if like let us know about your cool local theaters. Uh, here's just a weird little fun fact: uh, Frank Capra for often. He likes to like kind of just get shots with dialogue at the same time. So like when uh, Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed are having that emotional, sad cheek kiss uh, when he's, they're on the phone with uh, Sam Wainwright, <laughs> the mom's he, he was actually filming it. Like they were filming and having the conversation in real time, just like on a duplicate set that they could do that in. Nice. That makes it more authentic. I yeah. like that. Uh, so this is the last thing I have, but Bedford's Falls was a set that they ended up, they ended up transplanting, transplanting 20 trees on and off like that main fairway. It was just a giant set. Like on the median? Yeah. Uh, they used 300 three, yards long it was. Yeah. They used 3,000 tons, uh, tons of shaved ice. Three, or sorry, 3,000 tons of shaved ice. 300 tons of gypsum. 300 tons of gypsum. plaster. And 6,000 gallons of the chemicals for the snow. Oh, gypsum. That's the stuff that the janitors used to like uh, sprinkle over the vomit. <laughs> Is that and, uh, No, I don't think oh. so. <laughs> uh, for auth- for, to make it seem more auth- uh, like authentic, uh, authentic, Jesus, for more authentic as like a town, they allowed stray dogs and cats just to roam around the set so that they would like hopefully get in shots just to seem like a town with pets and stuff. Um, filming began April 15th, 1946 and ended in July uh, 27th, 1946. And it was, uh, set to be a 90 day uh, scheduled shoot. And that's what Frank, uh, Capra, uh, predicted. And he was dead on. And because of his prediction, the cast had a party. Nice. Yeah. Capra um, just seems like a baller to be honest. Yeah. We got more on verified. Not really. No, not, I'm, I'm pretty The rest out. are kind of duffs. Yeah. Let's move on to likes and favorite aspects. Aspects. Likes and favorite aspects. Let's talk about the black and white aspect. I definitely like it better than the color version that came out recently. I uh, So we just watched it black and white. I've only seen it black and white, honestly. It looked like there were three options on Amazon. If you want to watch this, it's currently on Amazon. Did you watch it in color? Um, I've seen it in color, but I don't watch it in color. I've so. seen it in color also. I don't prefer it, though. There's three. It's been remastered three different what times in color. What colors are dress? Um, not black and white. It's sinful. It's it's like anything simple. <laughs> it's a little tantalizing, but it's just not good for you, and it's it's against nature. It's just it should it shouldn't be in color. It just shouldn't be. I'm sorry. Like you don't repaint classics. I just ugh. In black and white. I mean. Hey, tell that to Pleasantville. Check out our episode of Pleasantville. Yeah, but that's that's a whole different thing. But I mean, you don't. <laughs> this movie has to be black and white. It has to be black and white. Okay, although here's something I like. Although it is not maybe all the time during the movie a Christmas movie. The, 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 the bookmarks of the, the, especially the end, but the beginning and mostly the charge down the end and old anxiety, it's, it's a pretty good Christmas feeling. It takes work to get there, but. Okay, I agree with you. Um, it's one of my favorite scenes of all movies when he's running through Bedford Falls at the end. I get chills thinking about it. 
if you have the chances to go to the music box and see it and cheer along, fucking do it. It's great. So outside of just the overall feeling of the movie, there's three aspects I really like in it. It's the scene between him and Mary. It looks like a Norman Rockwell painting after they are coming back from the pool. Mm-hmm. I love that scene. Um, and then the beginning scene where they fall through the ice as kids. Another Norman Rockwell painting come to life. It's just, I really like that. Yeah. But there, I, I there's so many. That. And of course, the cheek kissing. Rub that fucking cheek, Jimmy. George Bailey, melt her face away. Uh, for me, just favorite aspect, just Jimmy Stewart, man. I love some Jimmy Stewart. I think for me, it's this and Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Granted, I haven't seen near as many of the films of his as, as you have, Jordan. I mean, those but, are obviously two of his. Jimmy Smith? Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart? Yeah. Jimmy Smith's? Jimmy Smith is a whole different. You may know him from my mom Some has a crush on him. Cop show. And other moms have crushes on him. <laughs> Jimmy Smith. Um, I don't even know what he's in. Yeah, I guess. Just my mom's I've dreams in the s- 90s and 80s. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Uh, cop shows? Some sort of cop show. He came into Razu once. CBS. <laughs> yeah. From CBS periodically over the last 30 years. Jimmy Smith. Blue Bloods. I like the dissolve scene changes. Just kind of like. Good transitions. Does everything Not about even like really? It just kind of. Just... I do honestly like the fake snow in this. It does. I mean, it, it turns out it was groundbreaking, but it's thick. It's coming fierce. This is one of the most idyllic looking snows. I mean, it looks a little fake. You can definitely tell us it looks like pretty heavy and not too real, but like yeah. I, I like it still. I like the constellation vibe. I like oh, the whole yeah. Oh, yeah. The Joseph he- heaven. Yeah, their 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 yeah. view of heaven. It plays a little hokey now, but it's it's there's something like. Going by that planet's fun too. There's something like the pure moon. about it. It's like it's Super like a fun good way. Yeah. Anything else, or do we want to move on? That's For right. aspects, that's it. That's right. Uh, let, let's move on to comments, questions, animosities. Questions, comments, animosity. Uh, first animosity. Uh, for heaven, they're kind of dicks to Lawrence or Clarence. Sorry, Clarence. <laughs> they're kind of dicks to Clarence. I wrote it, it auto corrected to Lawrence for on this one. <laughs> I have two thoughts on this. Yeah, they're a little bit dickish, but really they're just being they're being assholes. He's an AS too. You, well, AS you know why they're being dicks because he's fit, like they hasn't got his wings yet. I think like four people have killed themselves. Like how many people has Clarence not gotten his wings with? <laughs> we'll put Clarence on the Clarence on the next one. It makes me feel like they. They barely respect George Bailey. Yeah, that's Seven actually kind Clarence. of animosity, too. For someone who's like a pretty cool guy. They say smart as a rabbit. You know, he yells at some people in this movie, and they don't like that. Yeah, so he's not like purely He has good. to learn his lesson. I will say this, though. It did it it did make me feel good that um, Clarence during that scene is like, you know, I haven't gotten my wings, wings yet, and people are beginning to talk. I like that there's still gossip in heaven. Yeah, still petty. Still some <laughs> it's petty still stuff. petty bullshit, you know? If this is, like, light, but, like, re- just comment, kind of an animosity, but it's, like, of the times. Right after George Bailey loses his hearing, they're like, it's weeks before he could get back to his day job. Not, like, you know, as a kid, like, not, like, have fun with his friends and stuff. Like, it was weeks before he could get back to work. Well, in the coal mines. Well, in their defense, they tried to leach it and they tried to drain it. What else can you do? <laughs> They got good coconuts. <laughs> That's true. Um, I this is just a comment at the beginning. Young George Bailey, the the one who plays like the adolescent one. Mm-hmm. I really like that kid actor, and yeah. most of the time, kid actors in old movies and movies now suck. He's not showy. I actually believe he could j- grow up to be George Bailey. Yeah, I to could be like that adult too, George Bailey. That doesn't happen in movies. Yeah, hot dog. Yeah, he's yeah. I believe every every delivery. I'm like, yeah, I could turn to Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, like yeah. He has that real emotional scene, and mm-hmm. it, he he plays it real well. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Like normally, kid actors back then are awful. 
You go to watch Mr. Smith. There's still Washington some of that with like the just with the, the friends and he. Yeah, the, stuff. yeah. Oh yeah, those little the, the two. It little... seems just like rail saying the line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that kid's not too bad. Actually, the two little girls are pretty good too. Yeah, that's even pretty nice. Uh, this is kind of an animosity, mostly a comment. So like the Baileys are good people, but my son like was in bed for weeks with his ear thing. He couldn't get to work. And then he's coming home and you smack my boy's injured ear. Like, I have a problem with that. You're, I, like, oh, yeah, but first of all, the Baileys know that that's your boss. <laughs> and he's going to smack you. <laughs> and he's drunk. You read the letter. <laughs> Did he know that was the weak spot? No, I think he was just drunk. And I think he's just drunk. That's too bad. That's just too bad. bad. Luck. Unless you're asking the real life actor know that that hey. boy had a weakness and it was smacking him really hard in the ear until he bled. If no. I'm to play devil's advocate there... Happy accident, though, because if he smacks the other ear, you got two bad ears. That's true. <laughs> Might as well just keep it one. This That's one's true. already fucked. Go to town on it, but do not hit my right ear yeah. or whichever ear. Take good. it. Take it. Take it all. No, hit my bad ear. God damn well, it. I'm going way back to the beginning, but I like the opening, uh, opening credits, just like the physical... Oh, yeah. Cars. I miss oh, yeah. that, too. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. Yeah, the old-timey credits where it's clearly just like we're filming a like a like a plasterboard like cut yeah out they're just like moving them they're like cards, cards but yeah. they're like super well done and you can tell that somebody had to probably spend like a week like doing flashcards yeah. just like calligraphy is that the word where you like the yeah. type of writing yeah. you do i will say this though, i really miss this about classic hollywood movies and old movies anytime there was a new star it, it even happened in halloween introducing Fe- or yeah or featuring the new person I, I miss that i like that that'd be cool if you were in a big movie yeah, this is the moment I'm fucking in. Like you can't feel like kind of, did, you, did we get that with J.J. Abrams in the Star Wars movies? I feel like he might oh, have done that. Oh, he might have done it with them. Yeah, I think he, he got did a, what, with an a few. introducing. Maybe with but, with Daisy uh, Ridley. I think yeah. she got that. Maybe, but like obviously he gets. I it. I might be making that up completely. But Don't quote like, me on that. I feel like he, he did that with somebody. He obviously gets it. You know. Yeah, yeah. You do that for a reason because it's you know, fucking cool. We'll okay, we'll so this is uh, this is unfortunate, but like, it, there's, okay. I mean, it's just a movie of like the '40s. So, I mean, it's it's of its time. So obviously, there's things that are in poor taste now. But but animosity. There are a few pe- things that have just dated themselves. The whole Annie the Maid thing. We say that like garlic eater. I think in the weird way though. Those age super bad, but I think they were trying to show it in that these are accepting people. Yeah, that is the kind of funny thing. But it just ages poorly. So, like, the funny thing I thought is uh, back in 1946, it was super progressive just to give Italian-American immigrants a house and a loan. But I'm like, yeah, it it ages where garlic eaters is pretty bad. (laughs) You know, that's one that's so aggressive, though, that it ended up being kind of funny when you watch it. Now you're like, oh, Oh, yeah, it really jumps off. Because I don't remember it from as as a child, but like when I it was like three years ago when I watched it, I'm like, huh. That seems pretty aggressive. Uh, let me see. Else uh, what I got when here. Violet comes into the store, mm-hmm. and uh, Mary, no, George already just knows what she yeah, wants. Yeah. Is that just because she comes in the store all the time? Yeah, she's coming oh, okay. in. She's flirting. She's being like, "What up, George?" Here's something I didn't think about though. Mm-hmm. Those kids are flirting with kid George Bailey, right? Uh, Mary and Violet, mm-hmm. but they're like four years younger than them because they they're in Harry's grade. I'm like, that's some aggressive flirting. I know it's a small town. And you it's know, in the I, 40s. I never thought about that, but that's totally true. It's quite the difference at those ages. Yeah, I guess Mary's just from the get go wishing his life to suck. She's like, George Bailey, I love you to the day you die. Yeah, you know, <laughs> till death do us part. Anyway, we'll get into her. I'll have to like make an announcement on how I feel about how married. There's a whole category we I'm gonna get into whose fault is it the most. So whenever you're ready for that category, I've ranked mine. We're not there I, I know yet. what I want to get there. there. I'm, not, you know. I'm, not there. I'm just okay. letting you know that's gonna be a whole category. Real quick comment. Cool yeah. lighter. Cool lighter oh, on the counter. Oh. It's a wish thing though, right? It's like a wish thing, or is that just a lighter? I think well, that's I a think cigar you lighter. Could use it as a cigar lighter, but I think he just uses it a. 
I don't. Does it may, not I could always go off? I'm gonna have to look into that. But you guys will never. Or someone write me in. Just if someone else research that. And email right us. In, I think it's a lighter. I wish I had a million dollars. Hot dog. A million it's dollars. Probably a lighter, but it's inconsistent one. Okay, I like that. Okay, this is more of a comment than an animosity, but something we should touch on. Obviously, Jimmy Stewart's a little too old to be playing like early 20s fresh out of like high school like working in a few years yeah he he, it spans young. like tw- like a 20 year span or something in this movie so obviously it looks a little off when he's in his he's out of world war ii and probably in his what late 30s he's in his, he might be in his 40s by now 40s so yeah he doesn't quite pull it off but i will say just to reiterate but he when doesn't he's pull in that, off like 20 either no he looks old he no. just look, he's he's old for the role. You know, Don Reed's not. She's probably no, like she twenty six or something. Oh, she looks significantly younger. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. This, and, but yeah, she, she her she's believable throughout. Oh, um, tell me one more to the pool scene right now, because why is that guy so mo- the guy with the key? What's his motivation for fucking George Bailey? Cool. I wrote down. Some people just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> like, there's no need. Like they true, did, true, they didn't explain. It's like is he whatever, friend, man. Is he friends with that guy? Uh, nobody he needs no reason. Does he go to the school? Okay, a couple more things on that floor, though. One, that old floor. There's no chance you don't feel that moving when you're on that. That thing's gonna be like shaking like a motherfucker. The jitterbug. Okay, maybe you not if you're dancing aggressively. That's, that's you know true. when the Titanic starts making sounds like Whoa. there's just something in the bowels when we're going down. Yeah. That's what the gear's got to sound like when it opens yeah, it's up. Gonna be it's going to be a whole lot of... Uh, and number two, question. How many people do you think died landing on top of other people in that fucking pool and they're just chumping Oh, are you, re- are you referring to after it opens, people are diving into the pool and yeah, jumping right on top of each other? Shit. They're just diving in the same spots. Like, people have to be getting pounded. Yeah, well, and, like, the janitor was ordered to close it, close it. Close it, close it. If they live, they live. If they die, they die. Yeah, they de- they definitely <laughs> dove on top of people and died. People, do you think the old man survived? Because he's kind of... Well, he's definitely killing somebody. He, he survived. Just, he survived. He's just coming down hard on some people. There was somebody some in their sophomore year that we got to wear ribbons for <laughs> on Monday because they didn't fucking make it. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's a Charleston contest. Uh, okay. So question. When Mary threw her rock at the house, did she wish for George to be stuck in that town for fucking ever and ruin his life? Is it her fault right there? Yes. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, cool. she's Thanks. when we get to the list. She definitely. I like how he's like, Mary, what'd you wish for? Please, God, tell me. And dance in the movie. Three children. She wished Just probably for three. ten. I wish she we got stuck in this house forever. Oh, God damn it! That's that's. Ugh, we're. We're gonna to get to this category coming up, but there's there's fault who, everywhere. Who fucked him? Let's let's just let's just let's tip into it right now. I mean, she definitely fucked him because it seems like she wished that he would stay there forever and never get to fulfill his dreams. Uh, but if you do notice, she keeps her her wish a secret. He immediately tells her, so therefore his is invalid. So it's yeah, kind of his fault there. He won't shut up about his wishes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where I read this in some sort of inspirational book, but you're supposed to tell everybody about your dreams so you can help make them a reality, Jordan. Question, Harry just didn't even call about like the marriage when he comes back? Oh, it, there's a whole lot of fault with Harry in this. He fucked him over with that. Well, he's getting married. That's that kind of sucks. Yeah. It's fine. You're taking over still. You're still taking over the, the building alone. We had a deal. I got fucked after dad died. No, I'm putting my foot down there. I, I rank in this order of faults. Number one, Mary. She put her shackles on and she wished him to settle his whole life. No, 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 no. Don't you put it on her. No, she has a bit. Number two, definitely Harry. He's selfish as a motherfucker. A whole lot more Harry. Come yeah. on, man. You got to do this. Number three, I'm going to put George. We just have to play devil's advocate. That's true, though. I mean, he like okay, he should when ultimately he, be really a, number one. Do you know what? Do you know when he's most at fault? Almost when he's on his way to his honeymoon and he stops the car. He should have just gotten the fuck out of town and just dealt with it when he got home. 
there's three times when like he's at the biggest fault, and we'll get to it. Or do I? Do yeah, you just yeah, say go. Yeah. Number one, you shouldn't have given away your honeymoon. You guys probably could have lasted. Yeah, because it's all your she, money. She seemed adventurous. She was willing to like leave and like go like uh, like across seas and like go on some fun adventures. Number two, and this will go into bigger detail, but I think he should have taken the promotion from Potter and just figured it out. Mm. That's a lot of fucking money. That well, he couldn't it. have been a good doer. Maybe he could have changed Potter. I don't know. <laughs> or Potter even says in there, what, are you allergic to being successful? Well, you know what, though? Well, Actually, I think he he's, is. he's got to be at least like a million years old. So like when he dies, like there's a good chance maybe you just take over a that, lot of Potter stuff. We wa- Me and Cameron watched it earlier. I, I turned to him like, that's a tough. That's the most frustrating that's scene. That's a tough decision. And then three. No, I don't need to think about it. I don't need to ask anybody. I, w- I know what I want to say. I, I want to go into that. I want to go into that scene in more detail. I don't want to just breeze by it. But three. Why couldn't he just invest in plastics with fucking? Yeah, I don't get the same way. Right. What what was stopping him to yeah, do that? Both of them. Just put Mary. some money in it. No way. Mary was bringing up. She's like, yeah, that was the kissing scene. He was like, I'm here. I'm I'm now. Yeah. But he Dude, couldn't have thought about it the next day. The like, phone. oh, I should. No, invest. he had to like do the thing. The they, phone they thing. The Jimmy the Stewart. They dropped thing. the phone to make out. Maybe they just missed like the telegraph details to wire their accountant to like, you just have to listen. Very important. Here are the instructions to invest in our company. So Maybe essentially what that. Sam Wainwright was doing was insider trading. Yeah. And he was a war profiteer. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Just the worst type of guy. Um, but that doesn't mean that the, Hee-haw. The James, oh God, I fucking hate Sam Wainwright. But that doesn't mean that Jimmy Stewart or the George Bailey couldn't make a little dough. You know, let's just talk about that phone call for a second, because George is coming in pretty hot like a dick in during that whole scene. Mm-hmm. Like everything he says is pretty rude. That's yeah. all. There's a few times in this movie where he's pretty unlikable. Yeah, he's very rude, and he really is rude to his parents. But if you're just remembering the scene before that. He he's talking to Violet in the middle of the town square and he's like, I want to live. I don't want to just talk about it. I live. And then she's like, what? I just want to fuck. And then everybody in town surrounded yeah, by half him the town is and all just laughs at him all of a yeah, sudden. Where did everybody come from in that moment? OK, so I'm going to go back to my ranking. George is mm-hmm. to blame. Um, number number three. We got to talk about Uncle fucking Billy. Sorry, one, two, three. The most number annoying. four, Uncle Billy. But that's also kind of George's fault. Why you got him making deposits? That's true. You know, he can't be trusted. That guy's a fucking crazy idiot. Even it seems like the other guy with the curly hair in the office seems like he's kind of like he had it, dude. He had it. He was just being cocky about Harry coming back from war. He had it. He fucked up so hard. That's what makes it so annoying. The fact that he's like being such a dick to Potter when he fucks up. I'm not saying he gets what he deserves. Oh, but to go back and George what he doesn't. Why wouldn't you have thought that it would have like like Potter had like they never thought once that I was holding it. Obviously, George know. was distraught and dealing with his shitty family and Mary shackling down on him and all that stuff. And um, I, I want to I've got a devil's advocate question after this. OK, so Uncle Billy, for sure. Number four. Right. I'm going to blame uh, Peter Bailey a little bit. The guilt of his death had to weigh on George. Oh, and sure let's not did. forget that you couldn't have just lived a few more days when he was on that steamer and get because he was going to go. He was going to go. Oh, for sure. He would have been George was going to go to Europe. He's going to go. And it's really hard to get, like, I'm sure, in contact with people at that time. So he would have been, like, way gone by the time he found out he should have come back and he missed the funeral. Yeah, he would have found out when he was in, like, My dad's Rome. dead. Oh, well, I'm, uh, I'm in Africa right now, so. Side note, when I die, I do want people to wear black armbands to mourn me to show people that they're mourning, like they used to do back in the day. They used to, like, a black arm sleeve on their, out, like, the outside of their coat and stuff. Okay. I like that. Sure. Hopefully you all die before me. <laughs> of a bl- like, what if it's just a black coat? A black what? Coat? Yeah. 
Oh, then when you take that off, like you're wearing a T-shirt now, oh. you'd be wearing your black arm sleeve on your. Okay. You know what? First animosity. Why didn't George just sell his business though? So there's that other guy there with like the curly hair that's like not his uncle. Why not sell the business to him? Have him take over. Get in with Sam Wainwright in the plastics business like early on, like he should have. He like the plant was moving <coughs> to Bedford Falls. Mary, Mary. Well, the the <coughs> Mary doesn't even matter. The plant was moving to Bedford Falls. You didn't even have to leave. He could have operated the plant there. Harry proved it's like, man, that's on you. You can be guilty as you want. Um, I'm leaving Bedford Falls. He could have left. I don't know what was keeping him there. Guilt to the town. I don't blame Potter at all. He did him. <laughs> he's just a he's a capitalist. He's just a businessman. Like, is By he way, is he obviously be, evil? Yeah. He's got to be old as fuck. Oh yeah. He was old at the beginning. They he's called old. him Old Man Potter from the beginning of the movie. We saw it. That's span forty years. 35 to 40 years. <laughs> oh, uh, just quick comment. Uh, his wheelchair, Huntsman, Huntsman, uh, he's killed people. He's definitely killed people. Look at his face. Oh, for sure. Um, but, th- okay, so what is the most frustrating scene in the movie? I'd say there's two. There's the honeymoon scene that we just went into detail. But then I, I want to talk about his meeting with Potter. That's frustrating because when I watch it, I want him to take the jobs and take all the successes. He's going to die soon. For me, it's the... Uh, the Uncle Billy Bank shit transactions. Definitely scene. Uncle Billy Bank is like God. They, you just you know it's coming. And you're like mother. They're they're on such a high for once and things are going good and he just fucks it up. Is it a little rewarding though when he shakes the shit out of Uncle Billy? Oh yeah. He's like, listen up, you stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, it super is. God, shake him some more. God damn, he's an idiot. Uh, just a quick comment when when like their honeymoon when they're going to that shithole of a house and it's like raining inside are they sleeping there because it's going to be like moldy and dangerous I think they're just living there from from there, there on out. out okay so then follow up comment uh, he's going to have to do some Ryan Gosling from the Notebook style renovations on that where he's going to have to lose his goddamn mind the money pit in order to finish that oh no. yeah I don't think that George helped out with that at all it did, did seem like she seemed was like she was doing all, all the it. work yeah he's busy trying to you know get his business up. Okay, I do want to get on. Um, there's two people in this movie that do not get their comeuppance in any way. Well, I guess three. Mr. Potter doesn't really get his comeuppance in not any way. Not really. He just doesn't, just nothing he happens. doesn't win. And in but fact, he like died the next week. Well, he got to keep that $8,000 that was the equivalent of like, what, $100,000? Yeah, actually, he kind of got to keep that. He got a sweet old Christmas $8,000 bonus for himself. Yeah, he definitely didn't need it. I don't know how much it's worth. Yeah, I'm, but sure, I'm sure he had fun rat. watching the Bailey scramble, too. That was still kind of fun for him. Yeah. He thought George Bailey was going to go to jail. And I mean, there's no way he thought that. Billy he shout, was, he's shouting out the window, you're going to jail. He looked happy. It was really like a Christmas miracle for him, you know? Yeah, Way yeah. to look out for him in heaven. Um, <laughs> so maybe he lived another 100 years. But there's two <laughs> people in this movie. Tom, who takes out his $200 from the Bailey and Bailey Lynn loans. That guy's a dick. I want him to get his comeuppance. At the movie, he gives a little money back when everybody's doing it. Yeah, but I bet it. he gave back way less than everybody else was, you know? I fucking hate Tom. I want my two. Like, whoa, but. Like, I wish I wish George would have shook the shit out of him. The next was like, 20? That was an improvised line in Jimmy Stewart's kiss was genuine because it was he said 17 in the script and he was surprised. Uh, I fucking hate Tom. And then second, (laughs) and then only second. So we're gonna. I'm gonna get into this in a second. I want to talk about Pottersville alternative reality without George, right? Mm -hmm. But in Pottersville and in Bedford Falls, after George crashes into that tree, also just casual drunk driving. Laws were different back then. Laws were different. Yeah, nobody cared. It wasn't. Leave your car there. Leave your car there. It's not your problem. But that guy was a dick in Pottersville and in Bedford Falls. Yeah. This is my grandpa's tree. He planted it. I was like, ease up, bud. Obviously, I just crashed into the tree. The tree's it's fine. fine. It's still there. I barely did it's, anything to it. It's fine. 
I wanted that guy to get his comeuppance in Pottersville, <laughs> but it just didn't happen. He's just still a dick. Those are the two people. Laws were different, but does anyone call the police in this town? Like, George Bailey's going to kill himself. The wife, did she? who did she call? She called the uncle? Why would she call the uncle when he runs off? She called, like, all her friends, like, we're in trouble. I Guess think everybody wanted all. him to be more reliable than he was. Wanted George to be? Yeah. No, not well, not George. Uh, uncle, uncle. He, okay, George is a good guy, but why would he take the fall for Uncle Billy and say that it was like his fault that he lost the money? Yeah, Fuck I'd be that. like, dude, you, you have a family. He does have nothing. Throw him and his all weird house of animals under the bus. I don't know, like about, about laws, but maybe it just, maybe it did fall, fall on. On George, maybe, but fuck that. Well, like, yeah. Why does it have to be jail? Like, like w- from here on out, we'll, we owe you all the money. Like, this is jumping ahead a bit, but I was also thinking at the very end of the movie, like it, w- they were still a mis like appropriation of funds. So he's probably still going to jail. Like, oh, cool, you got your money back, but like you guys have been like doing some shady dealing, and I'm it's like, it's a wonderful man. life too. Embezzlement, yeah. Case like, stands. Jail ain't so bad. <laughs> uh, it's a wonderful life too. Would be called the divorce. <laughs> Well, Ooh. I'm out of here. No, he's going to stay with her the rest of her life because he's a good guy. Oh, I do have one question. I actually have always wondered this. Uh, when Harry says to George Bailey, the richest man in town, is that figurative or literally? Is he figuratively loved and the richest like, in don't spirit? Don't say that. Like, I'm just like, this it's is not all literally. It's not literally. Are you sure? Yeah. It's not literally. Well, I mean, okay, so take out Mr. Potter. He gets to keep all that money, right? That was just goodwill he money. He was going to give him a $20,000 just salary. So if he only got a $25,000 no, credit s- loan and then- Sam eight- Wainwright, like- forward him that much money was that a loan or just hold, a gift it was a loan that was a loan okay hold on though okay i don't know hold on though once, once that was I, figurative for sure i did i, I so always people, thought it was but is it pe- people so. are pouring in money yeah all the locals all the friends oh yeah we were talking about this and all of a sudden sam sam winright you get a telegraph from him stop we're going to give you twenty five thousand yeah. dollars stop i'd be like ooh. ooh seems like you don't need my i'm gonna, I'm gonna pull out can i grab yeah i can tell you Tom, if i was martini i'm like did it <laughs> I emptied the jukebox. Wait. Wait. Uh, George, I'm going to take my money back. and I'm going to close my loan at the uh, building alone. Also, George, as much as I love Jimmy Stewart's acting, Mm -hmm. the character isn't that great of a person. No. He's a bit of a bitcher and a whiner. He kind of like he yells, at, like on the way out, even out of Potter's meeting, he just like yells at the secretary, like right outside. He's like, and you too. And like screams in her face. I do like that he steals the cigar, though. It's a nice cigar. It's a good cigar. Take him a year to smoke, though. <laughs> that, was a, that was a fucking thick cigar. I think I cut you off earlier, but n- nice dive by Stuart. Oh, fuck Sorry. yeah, dude. Go, go I don't know if he really did it or if it was a stuntman, but whoever did that dive. dive, it is like no splash. No splash. Off a bridge? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Didn't even think about it. Clarence's jump didn't was fine. twice. No, he didn't. Nope. Because he's a good guy, sort of. Um, but that dive is picturesque. To go in that scene, um, this is right after Jimmy Stewart dives in, George mm-hmm. Bailey to save Clarence. That uh, toll booth, the toll worker. Yeah. Most powerful flashlight in the world. Oh, for sure. That's, that, that's like. It's like a cop like spotlight. It's like car. more than a cop spotlight. I've always wondered. Oh, we get a lot of jumpers this time of year. That reminds me. Why, did, why does he get so creeped out by Clarence? And like, why does he believe everything he says instead of being like, this is a crackhead. Like, just kick these, kick both these fuckers out. Well, here's why. I have a comment. Because when Jimmy Stewart's trying to figure it out, the whole magic thing, he says in the line, I've heard of things like these. Magic? Is there magic just going around all the time back I've in the day? Of in like the fo- I've what heard of things like this happening. That? Leprechauns and magics and aliens and just angels know. and things happening. <laughs> I don't know if it's witchcraft or magic, Leprechauns. but just 
But Mary put but, some type of witchcraft on his soul. Yeah, well, with her it wish rock, pulls him down and sucks him down. <laughs> don't tell your witches. Would you wish for Mary, please, for the love of yeah, God? Don't tell, tell your me. wishes, man. George. I love you. <laughs> George, I love you till the day I die. Uh, Mark and I were talking <laughs> about this. <laughs> nice personal tongue. Thank you. Mark and I were talking Whispers about this when we were walking. This is just a comment. Uh, Mark and I were talking about this when we were watching it, but uh, George Bailey comes back. He gets his hearing back in his ear. He's off the grid. He's single. Maybe Pottersville ain't that bad. <laughs> if you look through the town, it's full of a bunch of music halls and clubs, and it just says live girls. I'm not Clarence, sure. Clarence, i tell you what. <laughs> seems like Pottersville is kind of a fun place to be a single guy who's off the grid. Let's talk about Pottersville. I'm starting Let's to like Let's talk it, about yeah. Pottersville now we're in it. Does it seem that bad? Man, I mean, it seems not as idyllic as Bedford Falls. There's there are clubs sl- there, but it's billiards, it's bars. Easier, but I mean, a, it's a good nightlife. There's a red light district. Seems yeah, it's called Main Street. That was all Main Street. <laughs> Those aren't even side roads. And <laughs> yeah, the side roads get shady. Okay, right here in River City. In that area, <laughs> right here in River City. Yeah, we got trouble. Um, Musical family. Yeah, I was born into one, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was gonna try to reference another song to say like breaking out or whatever. Big River. <laughs> Oh. Matt Damon. <laughs> no, um, d- okay, so the most unrealistic thing about that is Mary wouldn't be an old maid. She may be a librarian, but they're like, if she didn't get married, they're, in, they're, they're over exaggerating everything for sure. Everything. Well, that's almost like an animosity. Like, his big George Bailey's biggest fear for his wife is that she just becomes a librarian, doesn't marry. Yeah, she obviously would, like, probably she would. She probably would have married yeah. Sam Wainwright and had a yeah. way better life. Had a great life. Had a great life. <laughs> She's a librarian. <laughs> you don't want to hear, George. You won't be ready for this. She's just getting off work. She's, they wouldn't have the library Main Street anymore. Just, no. oh, just FYI. That'd we'll be a li- She's a librarian at an adult bookstore, maybe, if you want to call that a librarian. She's working at the adult bookstore downtown. She's a librarian. Oh, fucking... Okay, so that's one. Two, how does... It, this is the same thing the problem I have with uh, Biff World and, and Back to the Future 2. Mm-hmm. How does it become so evil? Yeah, Like, know. how is... George Bailey can barely keep a business afloat. He's blocking all that from happening. He's shouting at a lot of people, so he's not the greatest person anyway. So it's not like he's really holding the moral like compass together for the city. I don't get how he's doing that at all. Two, I like that Bert... Grill some sacks and just shoots it or Ernie. Oh yeah, animosity. He is real quick just to shoot into a crowded street of pedestrians driving people. People oh, driving by. That's a lie. Walking by. <laughs> he Everyone says, get back get and then back. just pop, 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 pop. Just fires. He Jesus. empties his clip again. Um, I just want to make a note now. Anything we talk about suicide is very sad. It's very real. If you have problems, reach out. We think that gun violence is bad, and we think that women and minorities should be treated equal. Having that said, love that he's shooting out into the crowds. <laughs> really funny. Just opens fire immediately. <laughs> immediately. Well put. Thank you. But. Here's a little animosity about Pottersville. Mm-hmm. Don't you think that Violet would kind of be tearing it up in Pottersville? Yeah, for sure. And I mean soliciting sex or something like that, or being more of a sugar mama. She practically could have done it in Bedford Falls, but she wasn't. Seems like she was trying, but she just got a bad rep and had to move to New York. But in the end, well, she's it like, seems like till George actually, came into the alternate universe, she was doing fine. Yeah, it seems like she was doing just fine. Dude, it's actually kind of funny. Uh, and when she Maybe comes not back, for her and her soul. I but, like that know. she just comes back in the end. She's like, George, I'm not going to New York, but I am keeping the money you lent me. Yeah. That was a loan, and I'm keeping the money. <laughs> 
<laughs> also, like, not good time, Violet. Everybody thinks we're fucking. Yeah. Yeah. I said, yeah. like, he's like, up right now. Not like, a good, not not a good look for the scandal. The yeah, why'd, you come, the why'd you come over That's here? still in play. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> that hasn't changed. I got the news that people thought, oh, yeah, Mr. Potter's like, everybody's talking. Who's Mr. Potter talk to? I like this. Keeping up on gossip. He seems like a peeper. <laughs> he's just peeping out windows. Yeah, he's a bank teller. Like his office, like the skull in the office, like the chair thing. Like he is. Too. Like, also, he has, like, no eyes, and then all of a sudden he raises his eyebrows, and he's oh, got, like, yeah. big, beady eyes. Like, they came out of nowhere. I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that happens to me. I have very squinty eyes. So if I open them, I'm like, oh, you got eyes in there. <laughs> yeah. Lionel Barrymore. Somehow related to Drew Barrymore. Um, great grandfather? Grandfather? I think I like a great uncle. Twice removed. Once removed. Second cousins. I don't know. Um, what else you guys got? I want to go. I want to stay in. Um, We're still in po- comments, right? I, I want to stay mm-hmm. in Pottersville. I'm- there was one more question I had in there. Oh. Realistically, though, Uncle Billy would not make it. That one's completely yeah, real. Yeah, he's in the middle. I agree of with that. That's the only thing that, that happened to Pottersville. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Mom makes sense too, kind of. She's a little mean, though. I guess she lost her uh, son and, and her dad and her died. husband yeah. and everybody, and she still just still kept the a house, bo- kept the runs a boarding house, still kept the boarding house. You know, yeah, she's probably it ain't all fine. bad, but yeah, it looks like she's weathered. Oh. Yeah, but like in a prostitution legal gambling town, so it's you know seedy people. I know we talked about it to ends. Everything's exaggerated. Nick, the bartender, is. He seems a little bit like a dick in Bedford Falls. Yeah, he actually seems like he could have been a dick there, too. I said, you guys get out of here. <laughs> out the door, through the window. Trickle down on Verify, but apparently the guy that plays Nick said he did the role so he could afford some baseball tickets. <laughs> I'm doing it for the Yankees. I don't know. <laughs> out the door. The boys the in blue. Recasting. Just to start off on a easy recasting, who'd you have as a? Did anyone have a Violet? I have Marilyn Monroe as a modern. I have Elizabeth Banks. I put Charlize Theron as the Violet. She's coming in almost like a Legend of Bagger Vance vibe. Okay, I got you. That works. Well, my modern day would be Scarlett Johansson then. Ooh, yeah, I like that a lot. I think Marilyn Monroe might take the cake there. You need that vavoom vivaciousness. Uh, who'd you have as Uncle Billy? I have an interesting one. Go ahead, John C. Riley. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. I want Richard Attenborough from Richard Attenborough is the doctor from Jurassic Park who yeah. Okay. Really ranges stuff. He's in Miracle and Thirty Fourth Street, the like four three make. He plays Santa Claus, right? That's him. Mm-hmm. Uh, who'd you have as Clarence? I do have a Clarence. I have a modern day Clarence. Now we're getting some of the big players here. Who do you got? I have um Jeff Bridges. Okay. Interesting. I can see it being for this reason. Interesting. For this reason, Jeff can play a little naive and dumb, but like still good natured. It'd be a different role. It'd be a different role. You don't. Yeah. It's, that's where I went with it. I got something. He's got to be kind of a a little bumbling, a like little a little guy, like just roly polyish. I, I got gotcha. you. I got something that could work here. Usually, his aloofness is perfect though. Like usually, the person I'm going to have is a little more intellectual, but I could see him having wonderment and aloofness. Anthony Hopkins. Not a bad one. Be either. too evil. I, I thought. No, I, I, Anthony, I, Anthony Hopkins is good. I feel I like he's played like Angel like Tama. Frank Morgan from The Wizard of Oz. Oh, The Wizard from The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. That makes sense to me. You could, so, you, could, you could tell me that's the same person and I'd be tricked into believing I'm, I'm going to say this, and I've actually thought this before. It's tough to recast him as Mr. Potter. Or Ed Wynn from uh, Mary Poppins. Mary, Alice, he plays the bad. The bad hat. He talks like this. He's got, he's in, Imagine that kind of clearance. He's in some of Mel Brooks's earlier movies, right? I can see that. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm so you guys it. aren't going to agree with this just because you haven't seen the movie, but Lionel Barrymore, if you take him from a lot of his other roles, would be a really good 
Clarence because he's so warm and like lovable, especially I'll from like you this, can't. Uh, I re- I really think he'd be a good one. I've thought uh, this. It's like such a shame. Well, on that, who do you have as Mr. Potter? I have an, an interesting one for you. I have current day Robert Duvall. I get that. He seems like he'd just be a stern, dickish, capitalist old man, stingy, frugal old man. I have Senator Palpatine, Ian uh, McDermott. He's a good one. Okay. Yeah. Gene Hackman, Mr. Potter. Yeah, I could see him doing that. He has that. He has the right kind of gruff voice, and yeah. Uh, for Mary, I put Ashley Judd. I like that. I like Ashley Judd too. Yeah, me too. I was trying to think about someone who's just kind of like beautiful, could do the classic acting, but isn't like a. Just a smoke show and crazy and unbelievable for like as a modern actress. Kind you of, could do. Kind of I, I was also going to put. Well, she is beautiful, but I was going to put, put Charlize Theron there, but that's why I put her as Violet. I didn't have this, but for like a modern day, like Rachel McAdams. I thought about could, that. Mm. A lot of it's playing in though that the uh, notebook. About time. The notebook. And rebuilding oh, a house. Oh, about time would be good. Actually, that's a good Rachel McAdams. She'd be in a modern day role. Is that? I put Just Audrey a, Hepburn. I thought about it, but that might be, I, I, I don't know, Julie Andrews. I'm not going to lie. My modernization or more like 10 years ago, really like my Ashley Judge one. That, Judd? Judge? I like Ashley Judd. Uh, you would know her from Double Jeopardy. And that's it. Yep. <laughs> She's in other stuff, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I know, but that's what I know her from. Uh, Love that movie. Good luck recasting Jimmy Stewart. There's only one modern day actor I like. And here's what I did. Cause and like Don Reed could be anybody to for me. For my... my I don't want to recast Jimmy Stewart because I love him and I love him in this, but I put Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks has obviously been his whole career compared to to Jimmy Stewart. So mm-hmm. he's the every man and he can play that. And I agree. Of course, I thought Tom Hanks. So there's an actor and I, I, I love this actor. So I, I don't know if you guys will be as up on it. I've definitely recast him everything. But specifically younger Jimmy Stewart roles, maybe not as gruff and old because he's not quite yet. But um, Dev Patel would be like the perfect young Jimmy Stewart. He, in fact, does it. It's like his newsroom character. Like, his eyes are wide. He's yeah, optimistic. Okay. He's young. Uh, young uh, and he's, slum, and he's dog millionaire. Um, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I like that. Uh, I'm going to go through a couple of heavy hitters and tell me if it. you think they would. Are you doing classic cinema, too? Classic cinema right now. We're, we're, go, we're delving in. Okay. Um, Robert Preston. He's the lead in the music band. Gotcha. Just give me yes or no quick ones. I, 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 you know how I could almost see him being? Yeah, I could see him being Peter Bailey almost if he was a little older. The the dad? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Paul Paul Newman. Cool hand Luke. Paul Newman would be good in everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like that. Uh, should we move on to the Holy Trinity? Uh, so the Holy Trinity is where we stick three character actors into any movie. It's a rotating cast. We've been moving around, but this week it's going to be Andy Dick, Samuel L. Jackson, and the Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Samuel L. Jackson, to me, is Clarence. I, I could make him Nick the bartender maybe a little bit, too. Just because he could play an asshole? I'd put him Mr. Potter. <laughs> definitely, oh, yeah. Yeah, so hard asshole you're going the hard the hard end on that yeah i don't know like, like yeah is joseph gordon levitt just george bailey he's yeah. young george bailey I'm young I'm, george bailey maybe no, i put him you put him as both I just make like, him young and old i feel like now he could play george bailey actually pretty fucking well he'd probably mm. do pretty well at it hot dog i think he might be able to do okay too yeah he'd be fine well young george bailey that'd be just perfect angels in the outfield right yeah 
In fact, I want him to play both. I, yeah, we, could, both. we could make this like uh, that, that Looper. Uh, yeah, play both. Uh, boyhood, and we play could just both. like yeah, film just this over like twenty years. I was thinking the same thing. Oh my gosh, that's uh, be perfect. Um, <laughs> how? Where do we want? Um, we did Samuel Jackson. Andy right? Dick. Andy Dick. Take it away. I think. Yeah, dumb. Andy Dick and, and Mark and I agree. He's Sam Wainwright. Hee-haw, you dumb bitches. Hee-haw. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, you actually, stupid bitches. It's me, Sam Wainwright. Remember when we could have used to... Hey, Mary, we used to be... We were 25 something. grand? Fuck it. Fuck it. I'm a war profiteer, you dumb bitches. Uh, Why does he about? have the best Andy Dick like impression I've ever heard? You guys can do it, obviously. You just got to yell and say bitches. Um, I mean, it, it, try to do it without bitches. What about, what about the pharmacist? Bitches. What about the pharmacist specifically for the scene where he freaks out and he's smacking young George Bailey? Well, that might be like a real life role for him. Okay. <laughs> oh, well. what? I took it dark? This movie's <laughs> about suicide. Okay. Okay. So I have some dumb ones. I put him as the kisser guy. Which one? Kiss her guy. Kiss her. Just, oh, oh, yeah. He'd be fun there. Just shut up and kiss her. Kiss her. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like the MTV Movie Award cameos where it's all of a sudden Andy Dick just in that one little role. <laughs> right. He just shows up. That's what that reminds me of. Uh, Mr. Potter just as like an old, like a mother, like a withered. That could be interesting. A withered old just Andy <laughs> Dick. Like just still being like, I gotcha. Okay, I would <laughs> have an interesting one for you. What about... Uh, Harry Bailey and just the brother that he's <laughs> jealous of. <laughs> he's like, I'm a war hero to my yeah. big brother, the, the richest, richest man, man in town. <laughs> yeah, fuck so yeah, like. so uh, so The funny. richest man in town. <laughs> yeah, be drunk. <laughs> yeah, uh, actually, I want to miss Harry Bailey. Best man, better man. That's that's a different. Quote. Moving on to Mount Rushmore, top four. Mount. Mount Rushmore, top four. We're rating our favorite Christmas movies. We're going to end the Christmas season by just letting you know what our go-to top four Christmas movies of the season are. And if you're wondering, it won't reflect our lineup, probably. No, probably not. But we couldn't give you everything. We really went all out for Halloween. And yeah, we- and really, we have many Christmases and other holidays to come. You know, you'll get the movies you want. Make sure you request in. You know how to do it. If not, social media, email. Okay, number four. Mm-hmm. Santa Claus. Santa Claus, interesting. I think my number four is going to be a Christmas story. Uh, I'm going to go Love Actually. Ooh. My number three is Love Actually. Okay. My three is Santa Claus. My number three is going to be It's a Wonderful Life. My number two. Okay. It's Christmas Vacation. My two's Christmas Story. Yeah, so my number two is San- the Santa Claus. Santa Claus. So what's your number one's? My number one is um, It's a Wonderful Life. My number one is Home Alone. My number one's kind of Love Actually. Uh, but thanks for listening to our take on It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe. Uh, if you like any of, if you like what you're hearing on this podcast, make sure you tell your family, friends, uh, spread the holiday joy for Cult Classics Podcast, and you can write us in for your movie request at cultclassicspodcast at gmail dot com. Oh, every time of every. Did you turn into Cartman from South Park when you said it? Uh, boy, where'd you put the money, you silly son of a bitch? Boy, 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 boy.